0: Passion for God and compassion for our neighbor. Reaching our region and beyond with the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. This is Crosswinds Church. And now, here's Pastor Kurt Truxis. Okay, we're going to start this morning a little differently. I want everybody to close their eyes and keep them closed. Now, I, I know some of you are going to start instinctively grab for your wallet. It's okay. We're at a safe place. No one's going to steal from you, but close your eyes. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to bring to mind the face of your mother. Think about your mother. What feelings and emotions come to your heart right now? Remember those. And I want you to hear these words. Honor your mother. Keep your eyes closed. Now I want you to bring to mind the face of your father. Think about your father right now. What feelings come when you think about your father and you see him in your mind's eye? Remember those. Then hear these words. Honor your father. Now, if you're parents, please keep your eyes closed now. I want you to bring to mind the faces of your children. What kind of emotions come to mind when you see your children? Here's the question I want you to ask yourself. Do they honor me? Okay, you can open your eyes now. Now that little exercise, I know in that time there were strong emotions that surfaced, either emotions of incredible love, incredible respect and incredible gratitude. But for others of us, there were emotions of deep pain deep hurt, and sometimes regret. We're going to talk this morning about one of the most emotionally laden topics out there. That is the relationship between parents and their children. This summer, we are working our way through the Ten Commandments as a church. And this morning, we are coming to what is the Fifth Commandment. The commandment that says, honor your father and mother. And before we dive into the study of this commandment, we need to understand that this is not just the next commandment in the list, but this commandment actually signals a very change in the orientation of the commandments. If you were around and we started this study, you know that the first four commandments are all vertical in nature. They have to do with our relationship with God. But the last six commandments are all horizontal in nature. And they have to do with our relationship with one another. And this is the first of the commandments that is horizontal in nature. And as some theologians say, they believe this commandment is the first one of the horizontal commandments because it's probably the most important one of the horizontal commandments. Yet, it is something we rarely talk about today. It's about honor, about giving honor where honor is due. You don't see a lot of that nowadays, do you? What we're going to find is this commandment talks about giving honor where it is due in the home to a mom and a dad. And if an honor cannot be given to a mother and a father, quite honestly, honor won't be shown to other people who are people of authority and deserve respect in your life. Now, take your outlines out. Let's go ahead and look at the top. We're going to read the commandment, and then we're going to dive into the study of the commandment. So here's the commandment. It's very short. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Now, as we study this commandment, first we're going to look at what does this commandment mean. Then we're going to look at why did God give it. And then we're going to do something a little different. I'm actually going to jump all the way to the end of the outline. I'm going to change this between the first service and the second second service. We're going to jump to the outline and look at how do we apply it. Then we'll come right back and look at how does this commandment apply to other authorities in our life. So a little change in the way things we're doing here. But that's okay. I think you'll appreciate it. So let's begin. What does this commandment mean? Honor, this word honor, is the key word. Honor literally means heavy in Hebrew. It means weighty. It's used to describe the very glory of God, sort of an overwhelming, awesome, heavy thing. Literally, this means give parents the weight they deserve in your life. Do not treat them lightly. Give them value, respect, and honor. Sadly, disrespect and dishonor of parents is a very common sin in our culture, especially among teenagers. Because our culture almost encourages teenage rebellion and teenage dishonor. But when you turn to the Bible, you find a very different picture. The sin of dishonor is spoken about with deep revulsion. It's almost spoken about like it is a horror that takes place in the home. The scriptures say this, Leviticus 20, verse nine, for anyone who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. He has cursed his father or mother. His blood is upon him. Or in Deuteronomy 21, If a man has a stubborn and rebellious son, who will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and though they discipline him, will not listen to them, then his father and his mother shall take hold of him and bring him out to the elders of his city at the gate of the place where he lives. Then all the men of the city shall stone him to death with stones, so you shall purge the evil from your midst." And all Israel shall hear and fear. God considers the dishonoring of parents a specially grievous and heinous sin. But this is not just something we find that is super serious in the Old Testament. It's actually super serious also in the New Testament. And Paul describes the dishonoring of parents as one of the character qualities, of the signs of the very end of the age itself when life is falling apart. 2 Timothy 3 verses 1 through 2. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, and disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, and unholy. One of the other things I would like you to notice about this that you may not readily recognize is the Bible is unique in the way it speaks about this. Because it talks about the fact that we must, as God's people, honor our father and our mother. If you study other ancient law codes, what you find is the father is usually given reverence. But the mother is not given as much reverence. She's seriously demoted. But the scriptures say something very different. Honor should be given to both a father and a mother. It's like a father and mother are like a left hand and a right hand working together in the raising of their children. So honor should be given to both. Proverbs chapter 6 verse 20. My son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. Listen to mom honor her when she's trying to teach you something. Now sometimes, albeit unintentional, mom is not given the honor that should be given her in the home. One of the ways that mom doesn't get the honor she deserves is sometimes in the area of discipline. Kids are unruly, and what may mom tend to say? You just wait till your father gets home. So, who's the heavy? Who's the one that's feared? Dad's considered the authority, where mom subtly starts to be treated like she's the pushover, and she's not. The scriptures say mom should be honored and respected by her children just like dad should be honored and respected by her children. Now let's continue. Why does God tell children to honor their parents? Let me just give you some practical reasons. Number one, parents deserve honor because of the sacrifices they make. Growing up, was there food on the table? <laughs> Thank mom and dad were there clothes on your back? Where did they come from? When you needed help with your homework, who sat down and helped explain it to you? Who was your advocate at school when things didn't quite go your way? Mom and dad were there. They made sacrifices for you. Sometimes parents make not just sacrifices of their time, but they make really big sacrifices of their resources and their wealth to invest in their children. They should be given honor because parents make great sacrifices for their children, and children often don't realize that. Another thing is parents deserve honor because of the wealth of their experience. You remember growing up when we thought like our parents were really stupid Well, the reality is you get a little older and you realize they're actually quite smart. But we'll leave their home alone. But the reality is what goes on is, you know, we think we know it all and then our parents are trying to protect us because they've been through life a little bit more than us. We have this thing we laugh about in our home. When Cindy, my wife, was 16, um, she wanted to get a car. And a friend of a friend was selling their 1972 Nova. It was, you know, big wheels on the back, a nice exhaust, two four-barrel carburetors. This is the car. And my wife was, Dad, that's the car. I've worked, I've done my minimum wage job. I have the money. I'm going to buy it. And what do you think her father said? No. Absolutely not. You're not buying that junker gas guzzler and trying to bring that to school. And she's thinking, well, I'm going to be the coolest 16-year-old girl in the school parking lot. And so you had a little, you know, going back and forth here. And finally, she submitted to her father's authority. But it didn't take long. A few years later, she says, thank you so much for not letting me buy that car. You see, you honor your parents because they have a wealth of experience that you don't have. They're trying to save you from hurt. Another reason, parents deserve honor because simply it glorifies God. Flip on the inside of your outline, I'll give you some verses to talk about that. It just says this, children, obey your parents in everything. I mean, this this pleases the Lord, just obeying your parents. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. It is the right thing to do, to honor and to obey your parents. Dishonoring your parents it produces anger, produces frustration with God. I like to think of it this way. If you can't honor your parents who are the authorities in your life that you can see, how likely are you to honor God who is the authority in your life that you can't see? You see, they go together. Honoring parents is what helps us to honor God. But none of these reasons, by the way, are the reason given in this verse for why we should actually honor our parents. It's a very practical reason. It says this Parents deserve honor for our own best interests. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. If you honor your father and mother, that is the gateway to a life that is blessed by God. Now, what do you want? A frustrating life? A life where it's difficult and doesn't go well? Or a life that's blessed? It all begins to orbit around how you start to treat your parents. Paul quotes it this way in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 2-3. through Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land god promises to bless you when you honor them but at the flip side is this if you choose not to honor your parents it will not go well with you now what i want to do is i want to flip down to the very end point number five let's go there Let's look at how this looks like to honor your parents at different life stages. How does this command to honor my parents apply over life? Let's look at young children. Well, it said this, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. The operative word for honoring your parents if you are a child is the word obey. Your parents tell you to eat your beans What do you do to the glory of God? You eat your beans to the glory of God because you obey them. Your parents ask you to clean the room. What do you do? You clean the room to the glory of God because that's how you honor them by obeying them. By the way, when they ask you to clean the room, you do it the first time, not after they have asked you 27 times. Oh boy, I got an amen on that one. You know, but that's the truth. That's, it's simple. Children honor by obedience. And they also honor by the attitude from which they do their obedience. You honor God by not being a little stinker or being a little whiner when you obey your parents. And I simply put it to you this way. If you are a child, learn to honor and obey your parents when you are young, Or you will suffer with the problem of fighting with your parents when you are old. Obedience starts when you're young. Now let's move up a little bit. Teenagers. When you're a teenager, how do you honor your parents? It's two points now. We had obedience. Now it moves on to obedience plus respect. Because when you're a teenager, what do your friends start to do with their parents? They talk trash, don't they? They talk about how bad their parents are. But as Christian children, we give honor to our parents. We don't talk trash about our parents behind their back. The other thing you'll find as a teenager is your parents are giving you a ton of warnings when you're in that time of your life. You honor your parents by actually listening to those warnings and not thinking that they're completely like nutcases who don't know what they're talking about. Sometimes your parents will say, you know, I'm concerned about your friends. I think your friends are a bad influence. Honor those warnings. Listen to those warnings. Your parents will give you warnings about not putting things on your body or in your body. Listen to those warnings, because you are now at a stage in your life where you can do things that create permanent physical and spiritual damage. And your parents are saying things because they love you. and are trying to warn you. I mean, it's one thing, guys, if you want to get a man bun. You want to grow a man bun, have at it. Because you know what we can do? Get the scissors out, and it's all gone. But there are other things you can do at that stage of your life you cannot go back on. So honor your parents by listening to their warnings when you're a teenager. Next stage, young adults. Now you're in your early 20s. At this point, hopefully you are waking up from that hormone-induced zombie-like coma that you have been walking around in during your teenage years. And you're actually starting to realize your parents aren't as bad as you thought. They're actually pretty good people. The characteristic of the young adult world is now you are really fully making your own choices. If you are in your young 20s and your mother is still putting out your clothes for you in the morning, something is wrong. You should be making your own choices at this point. But while you're making your own choices, you honor your parents by not ignoring their wisdom as you go to make those choices. See, you're making choices about career, making choices about dating and about marriage, and they are your choices to make. I want to fully affirm that. But your parents probably know you better than anyone else. Your parents have insight into life in ways that most of your friends don't. Honor them. By listening to their input on those you date, jobs you have, listen to them. The last stage I want to look at is this, is the mature adult stage. We honor our parents at that point by keeping them a priority. You continue to call them. You intentionally try to spend time with them. You let them know how much you love them and that you appreciate them. And you even take some vacations with them so you can make memories with them. But here's what often happens. As parents get older, sometimes adult age kids draw away from them. And that shouldn't happen. Sometimes as parents get older, the place they go is they're put into the nursing home. Now, I'm not saying nursing homes are bad. Nursing homes are very good. They're a very specific need in our society, which is those who require significant amounts of nursing care. But sometimes what happens is nursing homes become what I call a granny dumping zone. So I can go live my life, do my thing, and not have to be inconvenienced by caring for my parents. My parents. So I dump them off there and your elderly parents die a slow and painful death being in a small room all alone. That's dishonoring to parents. the parents. The New Testament says it this way. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, especially for members of his household, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Now, let's jump with me back into the center of your outline on point three. Here's a section that maybe most people didn't realize about this command. This command instructs us to not just honor our parents, but to honor all the God-ordained authorities in our life. You see, what goes on in this command is it tells us that the other God-ordained authorities, like church authorities, work authorities, government authorities, as God's people, when they're the right authorities, we should honor them. In fact, the Westminster Shorter Catechism, written in the 1600s, keyed in on this. It says, The fifth commandment requireth preserving the honor and performing the duties belonging to everyone in their several places and relations as superiors, inferiors, or equals. In other words, they said this commandment applies to more than just the home, it's giving honor where honor is deserved. Why would they say this? A couple reasons. We haven't talked about this yet in our study of the commandments, but you need to understand that these commandments don't just represent a specific action, but they're designed intentionally to represent a whole category of actions. An example of that would be in a few weeks when we get to thou shalt not murder. It's not just pertaining to the fact that you haven't killed a person. It's pertaining to the fact of how you've respected the life of a person. In other words, you can't go beat somebody to within one inch of death and say, I didn't violate the commandment. He's still breathing. You see how it covers the whole piece? And the same is true with this commandment about thou shall honor your father and mother. It talks about giving honor where honor is due. And by the way, it's not just those who are in writing in the 1600s who understood this. It's actually understood by the Israelites in the Old Testament when they applied this commandment. An example of that would be David when he spoke to King Saul. David at this point had done something that was dishonoring and disrespectful to Saul. He had cut off the corner of his robe. But look how David addresses Saul. He says, see, my father the corner of your robe is in my hand. He called him my father because Saul deserved his honor and respect. It's connecting the fifth commandment to how he should have treated his king. You find this in other parts of the Old Testament. Elisha was the servant of Elijah, if you remember those (laughs) Old Testament stories. Now, Look how Elisha, the servant of Elijah, spoke about him. Then Elisha saw it and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw him no more. He used the term my father because you're the one that deserves honor. You're the one that deserves respect. What this means, that as Christians, we give honor where honor is due. For instance... To follow this commandment, we give honor to our government leaders because that's where honor is due. Peter says this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be the emperor as supreme, and then he goes on to talk about others. <laughs> I know what some of you are thinking. Subject to the emperor like the president? Like President Trump? You expect me to honor him? Don't you know what the country is going through right now because of him? Peter was writing about a different time, a a different leader. Nothing nearly as tragic as what we're facing right now. Really? Do you know your history? When Peter wrote this, Nero was the emperor. Do you know what he did to Christians? Just horrific. He would take Christians and wrap them in animal skins, throw them in the arena, and let them be torn to shreds by animals. He would take Christians, and he'd run stakes through their body and roll them in tar while they were still alive and light them on fire to use as torches in his palace. Terrible leader. Yet Peter says, he's the emperor, and we still give honor where honor is due. Because he's the legitimate ruler in our life. Paul talks about the same thing. Romans chapter 13, verse 1. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Paul says we submit and we uh, honor our government leaders because that is the person that God has put to be in authority over us at a time like this. So as model citizens, we honor our leader, we pray for our leader, and we don't go out of our way to despise our leader. Now, if the media took this to heart, they would all go out of business tomorrow. True? Because they're all about dishonoring the duly elected leaders. Another example. This commandment regulates our work. Honor our employer and our supervisor. Paul touches on this as he speaks in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5. Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart, as you would Christ. Oftentimes, when you have employees, (laughs) the employees have an operative question of, what can my company do for me? Where really the God-honoring response is the employee to say, what can I do for my company? What can I do to better serve my boss and my superior? My boss may need me to work overtime and extra hours rather than grumbling and whining okay how can i serve you and honor you the boss may need me to work weekends they're dealing with a problem and they need our help to get through it through it so we honor our boss and in that way we um, show the character and attitude of christ another way honor our church leaders The scriptures say this, Hebrews 13 verse 17, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls and those who will give give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. To be honest, I think that one, in my experience, is probably the hardest one for anybody to do. Most people, do not want to honor and submit to their church leaders. Because we all like to think we're a spiritual authority unto ourselves. I've been a pastor for 25 years. And from time to time, you have people who start believing things that are a little bit bent or kooky, teaching or saying things that are just not quite right. And as pastors and as elders, you get concerned, you're worried for them, and you pray for them. And then eventually you have to bring them in so you can lovingly and gently sort of explain to them and plead with them to turn from their ways. You know what happens most times? Instead of being humble and hearing, people take their heels, they dig them in. You're going to fight No, that's not the point. They don't listen. And then what they do is they say, well, we're going to leave the church. Where are you going? No place. That way I can have no spiritual authority over me. That's a direct violation of the fifth commandment. Honor those who are the legitimate, God-given authorities over you in your life. Now, let me talk about the million-dollar question that every one of you has had in your mind. What should I do with the authority that is hard to honor? Some of you will say, you want me to honor my my mom and my dad? Do you know what they did to me? Do you know what they said when I was growing up? You want me to honor my boss, that crook? You expect me to honor... The leaders in our country right now? Well, let me read for you a little quote from the Heidelberg Catechism. This goes back to the 1500s. And they were talking about the fifth commandment. They said something a little interesting about it. Speaking of the fifth commandment, that I show honor, love, and faithfulness to my father and mother and all who are set in authority over me. Sounds like the Westminster Confession that I submit myself with respectful obedience to all their careful instruction and discipline, and notice this, and that I also bear patiently their failures, since it is God's will to govern us by their hand. We honor those who are legitimate, God-given authorities over us, even when they fail. And we are patient with them, because God is the one who has put them in authority over us. When I was thinking about this, there's a a story in the Bible that came came to mind that really illustrates this. Do you guys know David and and Jonathan in the Old Testament? Well, David is very famous. He was obviously a very courageous and brave and God-fearing man. We know that from his story with David and Goliath. But most people don't realize that Jonathan, his blood sworn friend, was just as God-fearing and just as courageous. To show you what I mean by that, let me tell you a little known story about Jonathan. Jonathan was with the, the army and the army came upon some Philistines and the Israelite army had no weapons. He doesn't like them either. The Israelite army had no weapons, and the only person who had a sword was was Jonathan. Jonathan, what he did is single-handedly went into the Philistine army. Single-handedly, he struck down 20 Philistines without even getting a scratch, put the Philistine army in a panic, and they ran for their lives. Jonathan's that kind of guy that saved the day. Look what it says in scripture about this. And Jonathan said to the young man who carried his armor, come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. See that great man of God there? Willing to trust God with his life? Now, the only one who was a real difficulty for David and Jonathan was a guy named Saul. That was Jonathan's father, King Saul. King Saul was the one who was anointed king, but King Saul was an angry man. He was a prideful man, an insecure man, who many times made irresponsible and irrational decisions as a king in leadership. An example of how irresponsible and irrational he would be would be one time when the Israelites were in battle against the Philistines. And Saul made this rash oath in the middle of the battle that nobody could eat anything until he has fully avenged himself of all of his enemies. So much for getting a little extra strength as the day wore on. One person didn't hear about that, and it was his own son, Jonathan. Jonathan was going through the forest, and he saw honey dripping from a hive. And he took his spear, and he put the tip of it in the honey, and brought some down, and tasted it with the lips of his mouth. Well, at the end of the day, when it was all done, Saul heard that his own son hadn't heard about his rash oath and had tasted a little bit of honey on the tip of his spear. What did Saul do? And Saul said, God, do so to me and more also. You shall surely die, Jonathan. He would be willing to kill his own son because of his rash and foolish vows. Pretty bad leader, don't you think so? Thankfully, the soldiers literally saved Jonathan from his father. David experienced equally all kinds of Poor leadership from Saul. David at first was buddy buddies with Saul because Saul loved him because he saved the day with Goliath. But as David's popularity grew, Saul's jealousy grew. In fact, one time, for no reason at all, Saul grabbed a spear, threw it at David to pin him to the wall and kill him. Why? He was jealous. David ended up running, running for his life. And what did Saul do? Sent the entire army after him. What's the reason, the crime? Just jealousy. Jealousy because of David's success and popularity. How petty could you be? In fact, even twice, while David was running for his life, on two occasions, David had the opportunity to take Saul out, but he refused to do that because Saul, even though he was a bad ruler, was still God's anointed ruler. One time, David and his men were hiding in a cave, it says in the scriptures, and Saul came in to relieve himself, literally caught him with his pants down And look what David's men said to him. And the men of David said to him, Here is the day of which the Lord said to you, Behold, I will give your enemy into your hands, and you shall do to him as it shall seem good to you. And David arose and stealthily cut off the corner of Saul's robe. He didn't kill him. He just cut off the corner of his robe. But then after doing that... David was cut to the heart that what he had done was incredibly dishonorable. Dishonorable to the God-anointed king. And look what he says. He said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my Lord, the Lord's anointed, to put out my hand against him, seeing he is the Lord's anointed. Notice David's reasoning to dishonor honor his king would be to dishonor his God because God had put him in leadership. Jonathan, like David, also suffered greatly at his father's hands. In fact, Jonathan one time was trying to talk his father out of his irrational and pointless behavior. And look what happened. Then Jonathan answered Saul, his father, Why? Why should he be put to death? What has he done? But Saul hurled his spear at him to strike him. Saul tried to kill his own son while his son was trying to save his life. Now, I want you to understand. Jonathan was not blind to his faults, his father's faults. But even after his father tried to murder him, Jonathan remained loyal to him. He honored his father. In fact, the last time we see Jonathan in the Bible, he is on Mount Gilboa when the Philistines have surrounded his father. Jonathan loses his life trying to save his father's life. His father who was prideful, his father who was irresponsible, his father who didn't deserve to be the leader. Jonathan still honored him as his father. David, when it came to Saul, Saul did not deserve to be the king by his actions, but David honored him as the God-ordained king. Now, I I say this obviously not to encourage any of us to follow Saul's example, but I say this to encourage us to follow David and Jonathan's example, especially when it comes to honoring God-ordained leadership that we may not agree with, or God-ordained leadership that at times makes poor decisions and not wise decisions. We are very quick to withdraw our honor, to withdraw our respect, where men and women of God maintain their honor and maintain their respect, even if their God-appointed leaders don't always make the right choices. That's what it means. Let me go to the end. We've talked about honoring our parents. We've talked about honoring the other God-ordained authorities in our lives. What should I do if I'm not honoring my parents? I don't know about you, but as I studied this and I realized the breadth of this and the high calling to honor parents, I realized I fell incredibly short. And I still fall incredibly short. And I assume you're the same. I'm not the perfect child. Neither are you. But here's the good news. There is somebody out there who is the perfect child. His name is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ perfectly honored his heavenly father's will, even at great cost, even if we he wasn't too sure that his heavenly father was making the right decision. Jesus honored his earthly parents as well. And he went to the cross and he died in your place for your sin. And he died for the sin of all of our dishonor that we show to our parents and other godly authorities in our lives. The Bible tells us that when we ask Jesus Christ to forgive our sins, the good news is he forgives us, but he also sends the Holy Spirit into our lives. The Holy Spirit that empowered Jesus and enabled him to live an honoring life to his parents will empower us and live us, give us the ability to live a God-honoring life to our parents. This morning, if the Lord has been speaking to you on your heart, and you have been feeling that I have not honored my parents, the answer for what you need to do is today, when you go home, you need to make that phone call. Say, we were listening to a sermon at church about honoring our parents, and you know, I just wanna wanna tell you that I think I failed and please forgive me. And I trust the Holy Spirit will work to restore that relationship between you and your mother and father. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we just come before you and we wanna ask that you would forgive us for all of the dishonor that we have shown. Some of us have dishonored our parents in frustration with them. Others of us have dishonored our government leaders or our work leaders or even our church leaders. I ask that you would forgive us for that and we would be men and women who delight in giving honor where honor is due, even at times when it's hard to show honor to those we disagree with. We ask this in Christ's name, amen. This has been a presentation of Crosswinds Church. More of Pastor Kurt's sermons can be found online at ChristToOurCulture.com Thanks for being with us, and may God continue to enrich your life.